X-Ray. Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. I'm Emily Gilliland from Portland, Oregon, and it's Wednesday, May 26th. Today, back in the day on May 26th, 1928, the Jansen Beach Amusement Park had its grand opening. Heralded as Portland's million-dollar playground at the time of its opening, it was the largest amusement park in America. The park, founded by successful swimsuit designer Charles Jansen, sprawled over 100 acres on Hayden Island in North Portland. It boasted a Big Dipper roller coaster, carnival games, rides, large swimming pools, bumper cars, an ornate carousel, and a golden canopied ballroom. The ballroom attracted big-name bands and attracted dancers from all over the world. Jansen Beach survived the Vanport flood in 1948, but the nearby waterlogged neighborhoods did not. Many survivors moved away, and the amusement park attendance levels dropped. After years of dwindling revenues, the park closed in 1970. Some of the elements of the Jansen Beach Park still linger in Portland, though. Salvaged wood from the Big Dipper Coaster has been used to build booths, tables, and chairs at Southeast Restaurant Ken's Artisan Pizza. And today, back in the day, on May 26th, 1895, photographer Dorothea Lang was born. As a photojournalist, Lang is best known for her work documenting the lives of farmers during the Dust Bowl. Her work emphasized their plight and humanized the consequences of the Great Depression. She also covered the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. She strongly opposed Japanese American imprisonment and used her photographs to criticize the American government. Lang believed deeply in photography's ability to cause social and political change. She wrote, quote, that the familiar world is often unsatisfactory, cannot be denied. But it is not, for all that, one that we need to abandon. Bad as it is, the world is potentially full of good photographs. But to be good, photographs have to be full of the world. On today's episode, we'll start with your quick six news headlines. And we have an interview with Trinelle Doyle, the CEO and founder of Go Girl Rides. X-Ray. First up, it's time for today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. Four homeless individuals have filed a class action lawsuit against the city of Portland over their lost possessions. According to Oregon law, the city has to collect and retain all the property that clearly belongs to people when cleaning out homeless campsites. The city must then store it in a warehouse and allow 30 days for people to retrieve it. The lawsuit alleges the city of Portland and its contractors have illegally discarded their possessions during encampment sweeps. They accuse the city of taking no steps to ensure the safety of individuals' property. They take no inventory and don't document or label or catalog the items they confiscate. People's belongings are thrown into clear plastic bags with a date on them and taken to the warehouse. Individuals must figure out how to get to the warehouse on their own then dig through the bags to find their things. The lawsuit comes days after the city announced it would be going back to a, quote, more assertive approach to the dispersing homeless camps. The plaintiffs are not asking for money from the suit. They merely want the city to adhere more strictly to its own policies to make sure people 
can get their stuff back. And now your daily dose of data. Over half of all Oregon residents aged 16 and up have been fully vaccinated. Another 10.9% are in progress, bringing us to a vaccination rate of 61%. Benton, Hood River, Washington, Multnomah, and Lincoln counties are all over 65%, which means they're at low-risk levels. Deschutes County is right there at 64.7%. And remember, once we get up to 70% average statewide, most of the restrictions can be lifted. Oregon will give out $28 million to, in grants to small businesses affected by the pandemic. The money will come from leftover funds from the state's commercial rent relief program. To be eligible, businesses must have less than 100 employees, have suffered financial hardship due to the pandemic, and be in industries the state believes to have been most affected by the pandemic. Think restaurants, bars, theaters, gyms, salons, bowling alleys, etc. State lawmakers had originally set aside $100 million for the commercial rent relief program, but fewer applicants applied than expected. So far, the state's approved nearly $59 million in commercial rent relief. Businesses that receive money through the rent relief program are still eligible to apply for the new grants. They just can't receive more than $100,000 combined from the two programs. Businesses can put the new money towards operational expenses as well as unpaid rent. Applications for the new grant program open today and will go through June 6th. More information at Business Oregon. A half-credit course on civics will be required to get a high school diploma in Oregon. The Oregon House approved Senate Bill 513 earlier this week, 60 to 0. Passing of the bill was motivated by data showing students' lack of knowledge of government and civics assessment tests. According to the National Assessment of Education Progress, or NAEP, test, only 24% of 8th graders nationwide scored proficient on the civics assessment in 2018. That number was only about 23% in 2014. Over 33% of high school seniors were in the lowest category, possessing, quote, below basic knowledge of government. The requirement will first be mandatory for the class of 2026, or those students who will be in eighth grade in the coming fall. So it won't be required of anyone who's in high school now. The bill passed in the Senate in April and now waits a signature on Governor Kate Brown's desk. The deadline for mail-in ballots could be changing soon for Oregon voters. Oregon House Bill 3291 passed earlier this week, and it says ballots would be accepted as long as they are postmarked by Election Day. They still have to get to officials within a week of the election. Currently, ballots must be received by 8 p.m. on Election Day. The bill would also allow county clerks to start counting ballots when they're received. Right now, they can't start until a week before an election. Lawmakers have been debating making this change for decades, ever since Oregon became the first state to allow mail-in voting in all elections. HB 3291 passed with a 39-21 to 21 vote. Two Republicans joined unanimous Democrats in support. The bill now heads to the Senate. If passed and approved by Governor Brown, it wouldn't go into effect until after January 2022. And some good news. 
the National Women's Soccer League will temporarily lift its 18 and over age restriction. A federal judge has granted a temporary restraining order allowing for Wilsonville 15-year-old Olivia Moultrie to sign with an NWSL team. Moultrie already trains with the Thorns but does not play in games. She does, however, practice, scrimmage, play in preseason games, and even has her own locker in the locker room. A lawsuit filed by Moultrie and her father alleged that the league's age limit violated the Sherman Antitrust Act. The suit argues that the 10 teams that make up the league agreed to block players under the age of 18 from joining, regardless of their talents or ability. Their male counterparts don't face such discrimination. More than half of MLS teams have signed at least one underage player to their teams in their history. District Judge Karen J. Immergut said in her ruling, quote, defendants have offered no legitimate pro-competitive justification for treating young women who want an opportunity to play professional soccer differently than young men. And that's today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. X-Ray. Next, Andy Lindbergh speaks with Trinell Doyle, the CEO and founder of Go Girl Rides, a soon-to-be ride-sharing company that focuses on the safety and comfort for women and trans passengers. A new Portland-based startup is looking to provide a ride-sharing service catering to women and non-binary people. Here to talk about the mission of Go Girl Ride is the founder and CEO, Trinell Doyle. Good morning, Trinell. Good morning. How are you? I am great. So how did the idea for Go Girl Ride come to you? Absolutely. So I um, used to drive for one of the, okay, I'll just say it. I used to be an Uber driver. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I did that for a few years. A lot of women would get in my car and they would just have a sense of relief when they got in my car. Um, I kind of got used to it. I already knew how the conversation would go. Oh my gosh, you're a woman. Your car is so clean. (laughs) I feel so comfortable in here. Wow, I am in. But it would like get a little spooky because they would just tell me really bad stories that happened, like negative experiences that they had. um, And as like just a a range of things from just feeling awkward or uncomfortable Mm to drivers being a little creepy asking them like oh so this is your house i'm dropping you off at Ooh. asking to to the, just too much in their business right uh-huh. um and sometimes they would have them drop them off like at the corner or not necessarily at their house um you know women got used to being sexually harassed and even worse you know stories i've i've heard pretty much it all and as a driver i was sexually harassed too um i got used to it Wow. And so, yeah. And so I, my, I love to drive. That's just my dad. <laughs> my dad was in the Navy growing up, right? So some of my favorite memories are just driving across country. I'm just used to that. All of us like in the van, my siblings in the back, and just driving. It was just it's always been like peaceful for mm-hmm. me. So I love to do it. And my background though is in customer service in HR, human resources. Okay. Um, and so I just always have had these ideas about how to provide good service and doing what I love, which is driving as well. And so I was like, well, um, I wish there was a company that existed, like a ride share or ride service that existed that like centered around safety. And that was inclusive. That was for everyone, but specifically focused on providing safety to women. And 
Um, I got used to, you know, women saying, you know what, I would pay money just to have a service like this. Mm -hmm. So I sat on the idea for a really long time because I felt like, okay, I'm just one person. I don't know a thing about tech and, you know, I know this is a good idea, but, and I saw other companies try to do it, but they couldn't keep up with the demand and they just weren't ready for it. So I was like, well, it's a good idea, but I'm not ready for it. I couldn't sit on it for too long though. Like I couldn't, because eventually it's like, you know, when something just keeps poking at you, you can't ignore mm -hmm. it. And so I was like, I started telling some folks who I really trust and some folks in business and they were like, no, Chanel, this is a really solid idea. And so I was like, yeah, I think I want the name to be Go Girl, but Go Girl, right? So I go to buy the domain and the domain costs $300,000. Oh my and I goodness. Said, oh. I said, well, oh, that's not, mm -mm, I guess that's not for me. <laughs> Time so to change the name. Friends, <laughs> right. So one, because it's a good, it's a solid name. And so one of my uh, good friends, Lindsay Murphy, who's a fabulous woman here in Portland, um, she was like, mm -mm, you're on to something. And so she just started throwing out names. Go girl this, go girl that, go girl ride. And so I was like, wow. So I bought the domain um, <laughs> and still set up the idea for like, probably a year and a half after even purchasing the domain. And then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go for it. Put one foot in front of the other and start walking. And so um, a couple of really trusted folks, my trusted friends and I, we just started like, what would this look like? And then I got the opportunity in October. Yeah, October of okay. 2019, I got the opportunity to share what was then just like an idea um, I got to share it, a concept with an amazing organization in Portland called Ladies Night PDX. Mm. And they were having a panel on like mentorship and stuff. And it was a bunch of business women and they just came together and I opened up the event, just kind of like imagine a world with, and it was about Go Girl Ride. <laughs> but it was so overwhelming, like the support that we got instantly um as soon as the event was over i mean folks like rushed up like businesses like hey so when when are you guys launched can we you know contract with you now we're ready wow. and so, yeah <laughs> um so immediately i was like okay what i thought this could be i, I think it's real um and so yeah a couple weeks after that i got the opportunity to go to philly and i pitched to some angel investors, didn't get funded. They loved the idea. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, it worked out because what they would have invested, it it would have it wasn't a lot at all. Okay. <laughs> and okay. so, but I'm grateful for the experience because I didn't have a clue. I didn't even know. Like, there's some terms and stuff in this tech world that I had no clue about. They were like, "Oh, so you know, send over your pitch deck." I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> and then someone was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, my PowerPoint." My PowerPoint. Have, oh, yes, I yes. Have that ready. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, so it's like I knew what I was doing, even if I didn't know, like, I think the yeah. technical terms. And also, I'm just I'm a I'm a learner and I'm an observer. So I figure stuff out. But yeah. Um, so we just started we just started working on it, just started putting it out there, even though, you know, I didn't feel equipped at the time. Mm -hmm. And amazing folks have just kind of attached to what was then just a vision and now it's like it's reality you know and well, it's, it's interesting because when you know when i heard about go girl ride my first thought was oh totally that i 
I can, and unfortunately, I the thought was, yes, I can see that there's a need for this, and yeah. it, and it seems like you're as you you've said your your experience was the people were talking about not fe- feeling safe, and you know, and you know, your stories about people like, well, I'm not going to actually have them take me home because I don't want them to know where I live. So can you can you talk a little bit about what what services your the Go Girl ride is providing that the other, you know, major, you know, ride sharing lack? Absolutely. So I will say the one of the most um key differentiators with us is we're doing interviews, right? So hmm. um we have a set of just values, right? And you have to, if you're going to work for us, and that's a difference too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to work for Gigi is what we call Go Girl Ride. For <laughs> sure. Like there's some basic things. Okay. Do you like people? Are you nice? Do you know how to drive? Like, let's start there. <laughs> um, <laughs> because with most services, you just go online, sign up to be a driver. You have to pass a very basic um, background check uh-huh. and your car has to pass a vehicle inspection and that's it. There is, and you you know, you have to get like a Portland business license and, and stuff like that. But like they, it's, if there is no, um, personality like test or even to see who you are. Mm -hmm. And so with me coming from an HR background, um, I've always thought it was important to interview folks, right? And what we would also, um, where we differ is we are a trauma-informed um, organization, meaning, and, and I mean it, and it's, it may sound cheesy, but I don't mean for it to, but our slogan is we meet you where you are. And we are very intentional about that, meaning you are safe when you get in our car. You don't have to have your guard up. Um, you can relax. You can trust that we have done actual vetting of these folks and we are curating this ride to make you comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I'm passionate about that. Even our, you know, the vehicle itself, when you get into your GG, um, there are automatic, just like little basic things, right? Like snacks. Um, Obviously we're going to have our mask on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, a charging station, just some basic things that sometimes when you get into some rides they have, they don't, or they want to charge you money for it. I just think like, there's just a baseline of quality service there. Mm -hmm. In addition to just the reassurance of knowing that you're safe. That's really important to me. I can't put all of our goodies out there, but even how we, um, like our safety precautions that we take before you Uh even get into your car, knowing who is coming to pick you up, having like an identifying code when you get into the car, that's important to me as well. And with some of the folks who we're going to be providing service to very soon, they come from their, their survivors of Mm, a variety of situations. And so it's really important to know like, Hey, I don't feel like talking right now, or, you know, we'll just keep this really simple, really cordial. So even having the options to, when you order your GG, to be able to say, not in a talkative mood right now. So of mm-hmm. course, when you get in your GG, we greet you, right? Hi, how are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Sure, picking up the right person, but being able to read the room, right? So if you not forcing folks to do stuff that they don't want to do. So I would say in addition, in addition to, 
the safety precautions and like the interviews and pre-screening and things that we mm -hmm. do with our drivers it's also the ride experience itself that is what is going to make us you know it's going to make us different and um like something i want to say <laughs> i used to because and, and, and i know we were talking congratulations oh, oh. i hope i can say oh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um but it used to freak me out when i was driving and i think i'm picking up jim and i'm actually picking up Jaden, jim's son and so uh, okay <laughs> um and that used to also worry me because instantly i'm an auntie i listen I'm so passionate about just providing safety for my nieces and nephews. Uh -huh. So a lot of times I would freak out because I'm just like, why are you trusting your child with like a complete stranger? Right. Like mm -hmm. it was just weird. And these kids, they would be like kids, like 10 or eight. And I'm picking them up from school yeah. and taking them to practice or picking them up from practice. And so even though that isn't acceptable and it's certainly not okay, it's like, there were no guidelines on what to do in those situations. And so providing guidelines to our drivers on how to handle things. Also our drivers being CPR trained, that's so important to me. I will never forget, I picked up a gentleman and he was being polite, but he was also like, you know, can you drive a little bit faster? And so at this point I'm freaking out a bit and I see him taking him to the hospital. And so he's like, I don't want you to freak out as I'm freaking out. I don't want you to freak out, but I had open heart surgery and they released me a couple of days ago and you're taking me to the hospital because I think something is like really wrong. So, so, what, what so you're, yeah, you're the, suddenly you're the, the cut rate ambulance that this person exactly. is, has called. Wow. Right. And because what we know, and this is like, we're not gonna go on that tangent, but like folks will take um, ride share and taxis and you know, they'll use that type of service because it's cheaper than using yeah. an ambulance. Yeah. But if you're not preparing your driver, granted, I mean, I can't <laughs> perform surgery or anything <laughs> like that, but just kind of give your drivers some, like, this is what you do if it's a situation like this. Yeah. Prepare your drivers for, you know, what they may deal with and also just how to deal with people and talk to people and care for folks. Well, it's interesting. And uh, this is Annie Lindbergh, and we're talking with uh, Trinell Doyle, founder and CEO of Go Girl Ride. You're you're talking about um, asking your drivers to take on additional responsibilities. Um, yeah. And you've talked a little bit about uh, your background in, in HR kind of really inspiring this can you talk a little bit about that vetting process if if somebody is is interested in in you know if they're uh shopping if you will for how they're for what their ride service is going to be what makes go girl ride different in terms of vetting your drivers absolutely so we're doing signups right now and now that word is getting out that we're coming we're getting a lot of signups and we're getting folks who are sharing their stories um and so for me, the vetting process is, okay, we take the folks who are signed up, um, kind of we'll reach out to them. We're sending some questions to them for them to answer. Mm -hmm. And what seems like basic questions for me, the like one of the most important questions is what does we meet you where you are? Like what does our slogan mean to you? Yeah. Because I'm looking for certain answers. I'm, I'm not looking for you to say, oh, well, you're just free to be yourself. I want you to actually go into detail of what that means um, because I want to make sure that we are not 
putting like here's the thing i don't think people really sit here and think about it but folks are putting their lives into your hand yeah. when yeah in, in in their will like in their vehicle mm-hmm. that you're responsible for their for their life honestly that's how i look at it and so um i just want to make sure that you understand that and that you have a deep knowledge of that not only that but some just asking scenarios um kind of questions that you would have to ask in in our answer in an interview you know tell me about an experience but i you know obviously we will cultivate it to um writing but like tell me about a time when someone was really mean to you you know Mm -hmm. in your car you've driven before and we are looking for folks who are experienced and so um that that's another thing where we differ with our vetting we want our drivers to be 25 and older okay um at least starting off because we're starting off as a ride service like a private ride service Mm -hmm. we're launching in three different phases and so phase one um which is the one that's launching very soon is a a ride service because of that obviously and also because we're new and to keep our insurance rates down like there's a (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but I just want to make sure that you have some experience there in driving as well to know how to handle different situations. And so I love I love the young people. Trust me, I do. <laughs> um, but that's also part of the vetting process as well is to make sure that you're experienced and that you have had some situations behind your belt so that I know that you are good. Um, and then. We're still trying to figure out how to do it. I think we found a way, but we want to do driving tests too. Like we really do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, were your drivers uh, uh, gig workers or employees? Employees. That's where we also differ as well. Okay. Um, because it's not really prop. I mean, unless you're driving, and I learned this when I was an Uber driver. Unless you're just, you can drive all day, but you still have to eat the cost of that, right? Like, first uh-huh. of all, there are, and we're figuring it out. Um, I don't know that we start off right away with a lot of like benefits, right? Cause we're new, let's be realistic sure. and we're, we're small <laughs> um, for now, but um, there are no benefits, right? So you're still responsible for paying for your medical, your dental, okay. vision, all that stuff. Um, but then you're also paying for the wear and tear of your car. You still have to put gas into your car. You have to take care of all of those expenses. So you end up barely making minimum wage by the time you pay for all of these expenses. Mm-hmm. For me, um, what's important, and we're seeing issues right now in right share because it's not profitable for folks and so i was always like in my mind and it's wild to see it be real and to see other companies it looks like they're going that way but i was like i think we need to focus on yes providing service to everyone like you can call and order a ride uh-huh. but if we if we want to provide like security for our drivers um like you know, help them actually employ them, make them staff, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's not full-time staff, but make them an employee so that there's some benefit for them so that they're making a livable wage. I really want us to be able to pay our drivers at least $15 an hour. Um, And so that also means that we have to focus on contracts, right? And servicing folks where we know there's also some guaranteed money as well. In addition to servicing, like everyone will be able to just call and order a ride for sure. But um, on the back end, on the business end, making sure that we're also working to find 
guaranteed dollars too. And I believe that they're out there. I can't go into all of it, but <laughs> but I definitely believe that they're out there. And I say that because what I realized as a driver, there are so many groups of folks who are underserved. Um, I'm real passionate about what we call my seasoned people, older folks, mm -hmm. um, because I would have a lot of times where someone would order a ride and I'm pick, actually picking up their parent because they send me a little okay. text. They're like yeah. picking up my mom or my dad. They're not comfortable. They don't know how to use a smartphone and stuff like that. But you're going to go and you're picking them up. And I was like, and then they're so comfortable when they get into the car and they're like, oh, yeah, me and my friends, we just, you know, we stay home because we're not comfortable using these services or, you know, they've had bad experiences even with taxis and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, I think it's important to be current and be able to have an app and, you know, be able to order your ride like the new school way. But we're totally underserving large groups of people who need accessibility and and are we even accessible like that's a thing too yeah so um, well, um i'm we've just got a few more uh minutes and um we're talking with uh trinell doyle who's ceo of go girl ride um let's talk yeah. a little bit about your your timelines for for rolling this out you're doing it in in phases you're crowdfunding yes. this first phase um, yeah, so well, we've been crowdfunding for uh, we've been crowdfunding for a little while. It's just now starting to pick up steam, which is really cool. Uh -huh. um, but what I also realize is like we just need to get on the road. Literally, literally. Our goal is to be on the road early summer. Um, Juneteenth is mm. what like our we really want to be have at least have a car on the road on Juneteenth. We're That's working great. with Portland Bureau of Transportation and the city and obviously all those things to make sure that we can do that. If not Juneteenth, early summer for sure. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so our timeline, we are rolling out in phases. The first phase is as a private, well, it's all private for hire, but as a ride service. Okay. Um, so how does a ride yeah. service differ from, from what we are what we typically think of like Uber and Lyft and that kind of thing. Right. So Uber and Lyft is a ride share. So you have a ride service, which is like, you can just call a private, you call a private service. Hey, I need a ride. Okay. Can you come pick me up? Call a town then, car, that sort of thing. The town car. Yeah. Yep. And then you have, um, the next phase is rolling out the fleet, which is a taxi service. Oh, okay. Um, you have to have a certain amount of cars to roll out as a taxi service. And simultaneously, which we're starting to work on right now is developing the ride share app which ah. is your Uber and your Lyft. That's like your traditional ride share. The reason why, because we at first were just focused pre-pandemic, we were focused on, okay, we're just going to launch, like we're going to work on launching a ride share. And it was just overwhelming. Like, where do we start? We know we have this great idea, yeah. but what do we do? And then also one issue, I mean, we're just trying to keep up with our emails right now. We've, we figured out a system, but... I, we don't want to fail before we really get squanched. And so it was like, all right, we got to figure out how to scale this. Yeah. And so I was like, we start off as a smaller company first, as a, um, like you said, like as the executive service, we start yep. off that way, but are accessible for everyone. Um, and like schedule rides, we start off that way. Okay. And then, um, which we know there are folks now interested in us, we then launched the fleet of cars, like maybe a couple months after that, okay. once we've generated some revenue and things. And we can 
simultaneously be working on the rideshare app. And um, I know you said time is of the essence, but (laughs) (laughs) keep going, keep going. (laughs) Okay. But um, I also want to say like, we have plans for expansion that we're, you know, it was always in my mind, but we're starting to work on it because now we're getting feedback from other cities. Um, Our plans have always been to launch first in cities where there are high rates of human and sex trafficking. Okay. Um, I'm very, very passionate about that. Um, I used to, when I was driving for Uber, I picked up so many dancers and just, you know, sex workers and folks who wanted to be safe and they would just feel uncomfortable because sometimes like some creepy person was picking them up and they know where they work and then taking them home and, you know, and it it just, yeah. (laughs) And I would just see also stories of how um, rideshare that that industry is used as a source of trafficking. And so it's also a way for us to do our part to prevent, you know, that from happening, which is why the vetting process is very important. This is this is fabulous. And and I I it's so exciting to to hear about your, you know, the the way this has developed for for you from from this idea that makes total sense to to um you know being so close to getting getting cars on the road so how how do people find out about go girl ride and keep up to date so that they can start using the service when you launch absolutely you can go to our website gogirlride.com and you can join our mailing list. That's also where you can sign up to be a driver. You can sign up to be a writer as well, okay. just so that and I promise we will not bombard you with a million emails. <laughs> we will not do that. We will keep you in the loop of what's going on because things are starting to move as we're starting to get attention, like national attention. Um, so yeah, you can go to our website, gogirlride.com. Also, we sell these amazing safety kits. We wanted to have something that was safe, and I will send you one. Um, Ooh, okay. We wanted to have something that was safe for everyone right now if you're of legal age to use it. So it's a kit. It has a face mask, pepper spray, uh, kitty ears. They're like little cute um, brass knuckles. <laughs> has a taser which has an alarm and a flashlight on it and then we have a seatbelt cutter if you ever get stuck in your car and you need to get out immediately you cut through it um and it'll break a window as well I, so I, that that just <laughs> almost went over my head little cute brass knuckles yeah they are they are cute but listen don't play i will definitely get your info so i can send you one but yeah if you want to support us as we're preparing to launch that is a great way you can support us get it for yourself or get it for a loved one that is great if it's legal in your state yes if it's legal in your state yes (laughs) caveat caveat so yes trinelle doyle founder and ceo of go girl ride thank you so much for talking with us this morning and all the best of fortunes as you move into this exciting phase of your uh, company. Absolutely. And thank you to the X-Ray family for the opportunity to share what we're doing. We just want to make a safe space for everyone in Portland. Thank you so much. Thanks to Chanel for joining The Local. And thank you for listening to The Local, your hometown in just about 30 minutes. And thank you, democracy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And just a heads up, we'll be taking a short break at the end of the week. No show on Friday or Monday. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, we'll talk to you for one more show this week on Thursday. X-Ray.